On today's episode, we'll be looking at a group of pitchers who will be hurt most by the shift ban. That's today on Fastball Fantasy Baseball. This is Fastball Fantasy Baseball with Taylor Tarter and Matt Kirk. Let's get into it. After evaluating millions of pieces of data in the blink of an eye, the Gambletron 2000 says the winner is... Cincinnati by 200 points. So we're going to get into some really, really geeky fantasy baseball stuff today. Geek it out. All right. (laughs) So a couple of weeks ago, uh, in an article for Pitcher List, I looked at lefty batters who would be helped by the shift ban. And we uh, talked about that on the podcast. If you haven't listened, you should go back and listen to that uh, because there's some like very very important stuff on there that will absolutely help you in your drafts. And then today we're going to look at is pitchers who are going to be likely hurt by the shift ban. And that's a important disclaimer that like, this is all likely, right. And uh, you just said this off, off recording, but you know, past, past, uh, past performance is no guarantee of future results. Right. But the other end of that is like these guys relied on the shift to get out and now they're not going to have this thing that they relied on. Right. So what we're going to do here is we'll focus on like a few pitchers, like maybe 10 pitchers that we think are going to get hurt by the shift ban. This is going in an article for pitcher list, which should be out by Thursday. So tomorrow this is going to get posted on Wednesday. If you listen to this, you get a little head start. And then the rest of the names, you'll see a bunch of other, uh, you know, pitchers that we're not going to talk about here in the article. So the shift ban is one of four uh, new rule changes coming to Major League Baseball this year. And the goal for them is to improve scoring, right? They, They want more scoring. Scoring is bad for pitchers. And so this is, you know, something <laughs> that we figured it was a good thing to talk about. Um the flip side, right, is that pitchers who utilize the shift to get lefties out last season are very, very likely going to see regression to their ERAs this year, especially ones that like have subpar defenses behind them. Uh, like San Francisco wasn't very good last year. Uh, Washington wasn't very good last year. Um, but, you know, that that like crutch that certain pitchers used last year is getting taken away. Right. And so um, one, one example of this, something that we talked about two weeks ago is how pitchers with that are pitching into the shift tend to have lower BABIPs, like better quote unquote luck when they're pitching into the shift, like Tyler Malley, we talked about um, he pitched into the shift just about 40% of the time last year and had a 193 BABIP with the shift on and a 345 BABIP without a shift. And that's something you're probably going to see a lot going into, into this season is pitchers like Kevin Gossman always has like a crazy low BABIP or, you know, um, Alec Manoa last year, you're probably going to see those rise. And with that, like batter batting averages and pitcher ERAs. So things, things that, you know, we looked for here, to identify these pitchers that could regress 
pitchers with the most pulled balls into the shift against them by lefty batters, pitchers with the most pulled line drives into the shift against lefty batters, and pitchers with the most ground balls pulled into the shift. So that's kind of how we're breaking this up, and that's how it's broken up in the article. Um, and basically, uh, we're looking at how many outs resulted from each type of ball for each pitcher, which gives us an out percentage and out rate. Um, and then, you know, looking at defense too. So lots of mumbo jumbo. Let's get into this. Mm. So first thing is which pitchers had the most balls pulled into the shift. So kind of like looking overall who used the shift the most, right? And one of the um, big names here is uh, Tony Gonsolin. Another big one is Alec Manoa. And so these are your guys, two guys with two of the lowest ERAs in baseball last season, right? And knowing how much they use the shift, it kind of explains why a bit, right? And why we see such big differences between their like expected ERA, their XFIP, their Sierra, and their actual ERA. And this is, uh, I'm going to introduce two terms here that, that we're going to talk about. One is PLA and the other is PLV. And these are uh, stats that were developed by at PitcherList um, by Nick Pollock. And this is where it's going to get really geeky. So, <laughs> so PLV is pitch level value. And essentially, it's like a pitch quantifier and works like pitching plus from Eno Saris to analyze a pitch. And so this is a quote by Nick Pollock. We're using PLV to analyze what happens after the pitch is thrown better than ever. Was that a home run off a meatball or a tough four seamer? Is the batter making the right swing decisions? Did the pitcher get their deserved results based on the pitches they threw? So basically, are pitchers throwing good pitches or bad pitches? And then PLA is pitch level average, which basically puts a pitcher's pitch up against the rest of the league. And, and gives a value to it, gives a number to it, where five is league average, and the higher the number, the better the pitch, right? So we're going to use we're gonna use those terms. And one of the first ways we're going to do that is looking at pitchers who have a higher PLA than ERA uh, that are on this list of pitchers who pitched into the shift a bunch. So a couple, couple names of concern. Logan Webb, Sandy Alcantara, two like big names, Luis Garcia, Joe Musgrove, another big one, Alec Manoa, Johnny Cueto, Lance Lynn, Tony Gonsolin, Adam Wainwright, Dylan Cease, Joe Ryan, and Christian Javier. And then, like I said, two names that I want to focus on in particular, Gonsolin and Manoa. So Gonsolin in particular has the largest gap between his PLA and ERA out of the, all those pitchers with a 421 PLA and a 214 ERA. And PLA is set up kind of the same way as ERA. You can think of it like the same way. Um, all four of his pitches graded as slightly below average according to PLV. No bueno. Mm. Uh, and this is an issue because pitchers with high quality pitches can get outs in other ways, right? They don't have to rely on like, okay, I can throw a, you know, like a crappy ball, a crappy pitch and, you know, rely on my 
defense rely on that second baseman that's standing out in right field to, you know, help me Mm -hmm. out, you know? And so, uh, pitchers with, with better stuff have a better chance, like a Sandy Alcantara. I'm not worried about it all with him showing up on this because his pitches are so good. They grade so well compared to somebody like Gonsolin, right? Mm -hmm. So Gonsolin has worse stuff. Probably not going to do as well without the shift. He threw 0.1% more bad pitches than quality pitches, which is not sustainable if you want a an ERA in the low twos, you know. Um, he had a 53% uh, rate of pulled line drives into the shift, which is second most um, out of all pitchers, and a 91% rate of pulled grounders into the shift versus lefty batters. And that was tied for the fourth, fourth most out of all pitchers. So he's using the shift a ton. And uh, the Dodgers also shifted 70% as a team, which was third most in all of baseball. So to me, you know, Gonsolin is somebody that I am essentially totally avoiding this year. I'm like, I'm terrified of Gonsolin this year without the shift. Yeah, I, I definitely understand that. And it kind of felt like fool's goal anyway. I mean, he had so many wins last year that, you, you know, he was, everybody was hollering him because of the win-loss record. And we we as an industry are really getting away from that. <laughs> but there's still this contingency that believes that that's a, a meaningful way to evaluate pitching. Um, where now, obviously, we have some very ripe new statistics here to tell us otherwise um you know one thing though also though keep in mind is that the dodgers are a super innovative organization and uh if there's one organization that's going to figure out a way to get around the new rules (laughs) for the shift i bet you it's the dodgers uh i wonder if it's going to be something like uh, you know how in arena football where they had wide receivers they could start at like 20 yards behind center and start running up to the line of scrimmage and then yeah. they hike the ball, you know, could, could we be looking at something similar to that? Like, I don't know. You know, does, does Gavin Lux cross the, the second base diamond uh, as soon as the ball gets released or the pitcher's motion starts? You know, I, I don't know if, if someone's going to do it, it's the Dodgers. Right. Um, yeah. Still, like- with that said, I, I don't really feel, uh, you know, I'm not reaching for Tony Gonsolin and, um, I, I, I don't know if his ADP necessarily represents what he did last year or not. I'm willing to bet that uh, his ADP is probably a little bit inflated from where, uh, you know, I would be willing to grab him. But um, at the same time, this is the right organization to kind of uh, to bank on to figure out a way to utilize Gonsolin's, you know, strengths or weaknesses, you know. Honestly, I think I would be more... I think I would be more comfortable drafting him if the Dodgers didn't shift so much against lefties. Like mm-hmm. if if they if they if they were less innovative with the shift, I think I would be like less worried about him. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like it's cuz he needed it so much. Yeah, it's a crutch. Yeah, I, I, like that's that's a word I use in the article, and and for a lot of these guys, it's something that they really really leaned on 
to to get out and um you know an, another another really really good and, and you look at sorry my brain's going everywhere if you, if you look at like, <laughs> their their you know their uh all their expected ERA metrics there's an explanation why all of them are worse than their mm-hmm. actual ERA right and and we're mm-hmm. seeing it we're going we're going to see that regression this year to a lot of pitchers and Manoa is another one who is kind of in the same boat um as Gonsolin here he had the second largest gap between his PLA and ERA out of the 20 pitchers um that pulled the ball that had the ball pulled into the shift the most against left-handed batters so he had a 1.65 uh point difference basically and I think he's another huge regression candidate. So out of all his pitches, uh, his slider is the only pitch that graded slightly above league average. Uh, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm going to say quality pitch, average pitch, and bad pitch metrics. And those are all part of PLV. Those are all like PLV terms, right? So his quality pitch, average pitch, and bad pitch percentages grade almost identically and you're not going to like these three names to Merrill Kelly, Andre Pellante and Matt Whistler. They're almost identical. <laughs> so he's throwing the same the same type of balls to batters as those three guys. Mm-hmm. And so he had the ninth highest percentage of pulled line drives into the shift uh turned into outs at 33% and the eighth highest percentage of pulled grounders hit into the shifts that to turn into outs at 86%. And so he's another guy where I'm kind of wary of him going into this season. Um, you know, Toronto wasn't like a super, super high. I think they were somewhere in the, like the 60% range of the amount of times they shifted as a team. So they didn't rely on it as a team that much, but he Manoa clearly did against lefties. He absolutely used the the shift to get lefties mm-hmm. out in in all three of the categories that we're looking at. Um, so that's another guy. And and again, if he had better pitch quality, I don't think I would be worried as much. But you know, his like for somebody like Sandy Alcantara, I'll give you um like he's a pitcher that I'm not worried about. He shows mm-hmm. up on all three of these lists as somebody who utilized the shift a lot to get outs, but all of his pitches grade above league average. And Miami has a really good defense. Um, and I think they'll function pretty similarly. Like, obviously I think there will be some regression. I don't think it's going to be as extreme as mm-hmm. somebody like Manoa or Gonsolin. So that's why I'm bringing up the pitch quality. Like if you had better pitch quality, I don't think Manoa would be as much of a worry for me. Mm-hmm. So some other quick concerns. Johnny Cueto uh, is another guy I'm worried about. He clearly outperformed his metrics in 2022. He was one of my favorite streamers last year. Um, but, you know, it definitely, definitely is, uh, you know, outpitched what he what he should have done. He actually had a negative quality pitch to bad pitch percent. So he threw more bad pitches than quality pitches last <laughs> year. And um, four of his five pitches graded 
below average with his changeup being like a borderline bad pitch overall. Uh, Adam Wainwright sinker and fastball were both bad pitches. Um, so he's a pitcher I'm staying away from. I'm not buying the, the, uh, the good season. Yeah. And then Lance Lynn, um, he had a very, very, very small difference between his PLA and ERA, but three of his pitches were below league average. Uh, his changeup qualified as a bad pitch. And um, the White Sox defense was 28th last season, and now he's not going to have the shift to depend on. Right. Mm. So, and he's one of these guys that relied on the shift a lot. So that's a guy who, you know, he had like a four ERA last year, something like that. And mm-hmm. I I think it might be worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Nick Pavetta is another guy I'm worried about. He had a better ERA than PLA last year, but all four of his pitches were below average. His changeup was a borderline bad pitch and Boston does not have a very good defense. So, uh, you know, a couple, couple guys that I think are, are and he's Nick Pavetta and he's Nick Pavetta. Yeah. A couple guys <laughs> I think are regression candidates. I know one guy, another kind of big name I'm not worried about is Dylan Cease. Um, his stuff is ridiculous. Uh, his slider had a quality pitch grade. And his overall quality pitch rate was almost 50%, um, which was 70th among all 472 pitchers that have PLV stats. So there was a lot of really good balls. Mm. So another kind of category we're looking at, pitchers with the most line drives, pulled into the shift by lefty batters. And we're looking at this because line drives typically have the best outcomes for hitters, especially pulled line drives, right? So this is super, super important, you know, looking at um, which pitchers took away the most opportunities for hits, right, from lefty batters. And there's a few names to note here. Dylan Bundy, Christian Javier pops up again, um, Dane Dunning and Merrill Kelly. And so Dylan Bundy, real quick, uh, he had the most pulled line drives into the shift, turned into outs at 56%. Um, Christian Javier is like a big name in the industry this year. People love him. Um, You know, people expect him to take a step forward this year. I think he's going to take a big step back. Um, I think I I ranked him originally as like my 40th somewhere in the 40s for starting pitching for fan tracks and a couple a couple of the the people in charge of fan tracks were like are you sure and i was like mm-hmm. yep like you know there there's some there's some not so great stuff there uh he had the sixth highest rate of alps per pulled line drive into the shift by lefties um, he has two very good pitches, um, his fastball and his slider, but his changeup is a bad pitch and his cutter is below league average, right? So he has two good pitches. Uh, that's, that's like a reliever. 
Yeah, and he he did fluctuate. He was he started out the year as a reliever, right? Usually, usually you don't want your starters to have to be like two pitch pitchers. Yeah, there's pretty limited amount of pitchers who are known to be successful with two pitches. Tyler Glass now, who can only throw like 120 innings a year yes. at most. Uh, I I think even if he, it, it, I I think he may have never even pitched 120 innings in one year. Glass I, now, I think you might be right. Javier, I just had to look it up. Like he pitched 148, 149 innings last year. I was I was surprised by that. I thought he was only going to be in like the 110 range. Um, so I mean, you could see him get up to 165, 170 innings pitched this year, depending on how. I mean, they lose Verlander. You're going to add Hunter Brown to that rotation, maybe. Lance McCullers is already coming in with arm soreness. McCullers is McCullering it up. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah, they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to ride him a little bit, and it'll be interesting to see how he pitches in the second half of the year if he's gonna start out as a starter this year. You know, I just think like, I, I think he's gonna get exposed. You think so? I think he's gonna get exposed. He he doesn't have. I don't think he has enough. Good. Like if if he like improves one of those pitches, if he can get his his like change up mm-hmm. to be a little better, like he's uh he is he a righty Christian Javier? I don't know off the top of my head, but if he's a righty, right, his slider is going to be good for righties. But he's, he's not ready. really gonna. Yeah, so he's already. So his slider is gonna be good for righties, but he doesn't really have like a great out pitch against lefties, right? So mm-hmm. he would really need that change up to get better to get lefties out, right? And because that the change up's gonna go the other way against mm-hmm. lefties. So, but his change up is his worst pitch, right? Yeah. So mediocre at best. Yeah, and. I think also, you know, you look at things like he had a 228 Babbitt. He had a 9% home run to fly ball rate. Both of those are like are low compared to the league, right? And those say regressions on the way. Um, you know, we're going to see higher Babbitts for pitchers anyways without the shift. Uh, his ex-fit last season was... 353 his Sierra was 314 his PLA was 353 those uh, his ERA was 254 right and Houston was something like uh they they shifted 82% of the time against left-handed batters league high very interesting so th- this is what like this is what really scares me about him is can't rely on the shift doesn't have a good pitch against lefties Babip's going to come up I you know I, I think he's really going to get exposed this year I think these are really good points with that said as a Phillies fan, I watched him completely dismantle the Philadelphia Phillies yeah. lineup in the World Series, and I am forever going to be shell-shocked anytime I see the name Christian Javier. 
well, I think he's going to get shell shocked this year. There we go. <laughs> um, we'll skip around a few more here. Uh, Merrill Kelly, he had a nice, nice little season last year. Um, he, oh he's, he's got some worrying stuff going on. Um, you know, only 19% of line drives that lefties hit into the shift against him turned into outs, but, um, he's another pitcher where, uh, he had four pitches grade below average <laughs> in, 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 uh, in PLA and, um, Arizona was 18th in fielding. They lost an above average defender in center, right? Um, I, he's just a guy that I think outperformed what he should have done last year. And it's going to level out a bit more this year. Yeah. Everybody, every, I think everybody feels like he was sort of overproducing. I, I certainly rode that horse for till the very, very bitter end. Um, it was definitely another one of those moments where you pick up somebody and you, you just, oh, I'm going to have him for one start. And then he throws a pretty good start. And you're like, ah, keep him around. And he just kept, uh, you know, sometimes these guys have seasons where they just really pitch really hot, very hard, very, very far above their metrics. And I, I wonder if Merrick Kelly has been doing that in years past. Is he just one of those guys that uh, that constantly pitches above the metrics? I I don't know for sure, but I'm I'm willing to bet. I mean, I think last year was his best year of his life, right? Results wise. Um, so I, yeah, I don't expect him. You know, to, he's not going to be able to replicate that. I don't think. But I don't know. Again, maybe he's just that, one of those guys that you know, kind of breaks, breaks the, the statistics. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's it, again, you know, I, I just kind of keep going back to like, if he had better pitches, I probably wouldn't be worried. Yeah. There, there are a few pitchers that are going to show up on this list in the article that I'm, I'm not really worried about. Um, one is Michael Waka. Um, he had a marginally higher PLA versus ERA, uh, but only two of his pitches were below average, and he's got like four or five pitches. Um, his changeup was a quality pitch, and he signed with the Padres, who were the eighth best defensive team, and you know added Xander Bogarts at short. Like they're getting Tatis back to play in the outfield. You know the this is going to be a good defensive team. So I'm not too worried about him. And then Jamison Tyone uh, actually had a lower PLA than ERA. Um, the Cubs are, you know, they were 24th in defense last season, but essentially completely reshaped their infield. And they added uh, Cody Bellinger to their outfield. So I think he's going to do a bit better. Uh, and he's moving from New York to, to Chicago, which is a slightly better park um, and a much better uh, division for Jamison Tyone. Mm. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll talk more pitchers affected by the shift right after a word from our sponsor. Okay, so the last category here is which pitchers had the most ground balls pulled into the shift by lefty batters. And so 10 pitchers appear on this list for a third time. 
uh, their Alcantara, Arkady, Gonsolin, Pablo Lopez, Joe Musgrove, Yu Darvish, uh, Adam Wainwright, Manoa, Luis Garcia, and and Pavetta. And then a couple of guys are on this list are on here a second time uh, from these lists. Webb, Cueto, Lynn, Jacob Junis, Dylan Cease, and Jose Barrios. And in the article, you're going to see like 90%, 80%, you know, out rates on these grounders because grounders turn into outs more than line drives. Um, and like some of these are really, really good ground ball pitchers. Like Logan Webb is a really good ground ball pitcher, but they're also really good at getting ground balls into the shift. Mm-hmm. So that's something that, you know, uh, like those could have been in, hit into a gap if there's not that extra guy out there in shallow right field. So Logan Webb is a fade target for me this year. Um, I'm downgrading him uh, thanks in very, very, very large part to the shift ban. So he had the most pulled grounders by lefties get pulled into the shift and had 82% of them result in outs. So was that 18% of grounders into the shift squirted through the rest, you know, were, were outs. He regressed last year from, uh, 2021. He regressed in strikeouts per nine left on base rate and ground ball rate. He allowed more contact last season than in the previous season. And his home run to fly ball rate uh, was 8.3%, which is under league average. And his, if you look at his ERA versus his expected stats, 290 ERA last season versus a 359 expected ERA, 331 XFIP, 356 Sierra, and a 331 PLA. So every expected stat is saying he shouldn't have done what he did last year and i think the shift ban which he clearly relied on uh is a big reason why uh we're gonna see him regress this year probably closer to those like mid three eras and san francisco is 27th in defense last season not good Not, not sounding too good for old Logan Webb. He's got to he's got to come up with another pitch or uh, change something into generating more strikeouts. Um, he, I think he had a better strikeout percentage in twenty twenty one than he did twenty twenty two. And if he can sort of, you know, figure out a better out pitch, uh, I think it's it's feasible that he could replicate what he did before. But you know, in, in Again, we've kind of maybe we touched about this uh, before we went on here, but um, you know there, there there is some belief here that these guys are going to make it some adjustments. You know, so if he's throwing that sinker into the low and inside to a lefty now uh, with the shift on, maybe he's going to you know throw that sinker low and away instead and getting rid knob out the third base. You know, um, hopefully that these guys are going to be able to make adjustments uh, or hopefully they're not. And this podcast and this article is going to let you know how to avoid all these people. You know? <laughs> yeah. And like, like a genius, <laughs> I think so. He had a nine and a half strikeouts per nine in 2021 and it went down to seven and a half 
mm. in 2022. So he, and he, his, uh, his ground ball rate actually went down as well. Um, but he looking at his fly ball rate, fly ball rate went up line drive rate went a little down. I mean, if, if his, if, if he doesn't get his strikeout rate up a bit, uh, he's definitely going to have problems. Yeah. You know, uh, you know what, what also I liked about him and that might change now is, uh, I think last year he threw the most innings he's ever thrown. I think he was just under 200 innings thrown. Um, and in an era where we're kind of seeing fewer and fewer guys go, you know, for that long into a season or that deep into a game, uh, I I I found myself leaning more towards the ground ball pitcher who gets to throw fewer pitches per inning uh, because they go deeper. That way, they're able to go deeper into games. Um, and if he can't get the same amount of outs uh, with the shift. Uh, then he's going to be, in, you know, he'll be throwing fewer innings, right? Essentially, that's what we're looking at. Um, but again, hopefully these adjustments are made for some of these guys. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a learning curve for everybody, for sure. I'm excited yeah. to see how this whole thing plays out. Yeah, that's that's interesting about, like, thinking about uh, the, you know, if batters are scoring more runs against these pitchers the pitcher is going to see fewer innings because they're going to get pulled. Right. Yeah. And, and then you're looking at, okay, well, who's going to have the most quality innings. Right. And those tend to be like pitchers that are going to get you a bunch of strikeouts. And, and he is not one of the, he wasn't one of those right. pitchers last season. Right. And part of the reason is because he could rely on the shift and he obviously relied on ground ball outs a lot into the shift. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, it's going to be something to like really, really look into early in the season. And like, especially, especially might be something to look into in spring training too. Like, how are these teams, what's, what, what are the scores looking like with, with these teams not being able to use the shift at all? Yeah. You know, and the, and those early, like first two weeks, but Another guy I think is going to regress is Joe Musgrove. Um, He tallied the most pulled line drives and the third highest percentage of outs per pulled line drive into the shift by lefties. He was 13th in outs per pulled ground ball to lefty batters. And he had the seventh most ground balls pulled into the shift against him by lefty batters. So another guy that relied on the shift a bunch. Um, He... Uh, so he is somebody who uh ex- exploited the shift that won't be able to do it this year. Uh, what uh, is also a problem for Musgrove, and you wouldn't think this, but three of his pitches were were below league average, according mm. to PLV. His fastball, curveball, and changeup. So again, you know, somebody that like if if his if his stuff was better. Um, I think I would be less worried. I also think he was another guy who saw a big drop in um strikeout rate last season from the season before. He went from 12, 12 and a half in 2020. It was only like 40 innings. Uh, 10, 
10 strikeouts per nine in 2021 and then down to nine in 2022 and he's projected to be under nine according to a lot of like the bat uh at uh, atc has him at 903 steamer and zips have him at under nine strikeouts per nine and like expected 293 era expected was 327 expected fit 347 and Sierra was 345. So I I think I'm not avoiding him necessarily, but I'm definitely bumping him down mm-hmm. for sure. Um, a couple other quick little bullet points here. Um, Gonsolin, Pavetta, Wainwright, and Pablo Lopez, um, big re- regression candidates overall. They're on here a bunch. Um, Jose Barrios, uh, his expected ERA, expected FIP, Sierra, and PLA were all uh, better than his ERA. So, you know, he did worse than he should have. He's still going to have a tough time bouncing back because Toronto shifted 60% of the time against lefties. And Barrios took advantage of it on grounders in particular and overall. And he still wound up with a 523 ERA. (laughs) So so even though he like leaned on the shift a ton, right? He still ended up with a terrible ERA. Um Shane Bieber is a little like mildly concerning for me. Four of his pitches were below average in PLV. Um his PLA was higher than his ERA. Um played on it play plays on a bad defense. Um they were 25th in shift rates. So that's not too bad um, if, against lefties. So they didn't use it a ton. Um, so, he, uh, you know, some good, some bad with him. I, I don't think I'm going to bump him down too much. I wish he got more strikeouts. I wish he was a better strikeout pitcher. I'm kind of surprised that they were a bad defense without knowing very much about them. I just assumed Jimenez had a pretty good defensive year. Jose Ramirez is pretty solid at third. I get they just made a signing for first base. Right? They got Josh Bell. They got Josh, Josh Bell, right? Yeah, yeah. They're probably going to be a bit better this year defensively. I, I assume that they looked at that. You know, they saw they were twenty fifth in fielding. Said, now we're not going to have the shift. We need to like do better. Yeah, for sure. And for like a, a, an organization that doesn't like to spend money, that certainly is one way to address uh, your team needs cheaply uh, is, is, is to be a better team defensively. Right. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. I, I always, I'm always going to love Bieber. Uh, and you know, there's some injury concerns there too, that just were floating around the entirety of last season that, Ended up never really materializing, right? I think he ended up picking up some a few miles per hour towards the end of the year on his pitches. That uh, when he started the year was real looking real bad, right? Everybody kind of felt like inevitably here comes another another big time surgery. But uh, I remember him saying, you know, everybody relax, it's gonna be okay, <laughs> and he was right. So um, yeah, I, I I love Bieber, and I'm gonna be watching him for sure. Uh, but it's definitely interesting to see him pop up in this list. Yeah, and there's two pitchers that I didn't talk about that I'm I'm not worried about at all. Um, they 
So one is Corbin Burns. And so he had the third highest rate of ground ball outs uh, per pulled ground ball into the shift by lefties. Um, his PLA was higher than his ERA, but his stuff is just immense. Like it's so good. Um, and he's kind of like that Alcantara type pitcher where I think, you know, that's gonna, that's gonna help him overturn the shift ban. And like their defense was 20th last season. They shifted the eighth fewest times against lefties, uh, in baseball last year. So they didn't rely on it a ton anyways. Um, and he still did, you know, he's like one of the best pitchers in baseball with one of the, like a bottom third defense. You know, so not a, not a ton to worry about there for me. And then also Zach Gallen, um, I don't think is going to have a tough time adjusting to life without the shift. Uh, he tossed the 23rd fewest bad pitches last season out of all pitchers in baseball. I freaking love Zach Gallen. He's so, so good. Yeah. He's no, so- I bet you he's, he's going to have, he used to, He's got a thing where he throws over to first base a lot, though. If you ever watch him pitch, I, 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 when I can't sleep living here on the East Coast and I want to watch, you know, some baseball and Kershaw's not pitching, uh, and Zach Allen is on the mound, I'm watching an Arizona game, you know, and pitch, watching him pitch is great when he actually throws the ball, but he throws over to first base. I, I don't know if there's metrics for this, but I swear, I swear, nobody throws to first base more than more than Zach Allen. So, and he's only going to be able to do that two times per hitter now this year, right? Yeah. Probably each runner. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I think he was using it as a way to like clock himself or calm down or work something out. And he's mm-hmm. not going to do this year. Big time regression candidate, Zach Gallup. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like I th- maybe it ends up being like more stolen bases against him, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, But it's so his slider. So for, for PLV, what the difference is between like a quality pitch and average pitch and a bad pitch is if it grades above like a 5.5, it's considered a quality pitch. And I think if it's below a 4.5, I think is a qualified as like a bad pitch. And so his slider was a quality pitch, his curveball, If the threshold is a 5.5, his curveball was a 5.48. So it's like borderline quality pitch. His changeup was a 5.44. So borderline quality pitch, right? Yeah. Um, so he has three like ridiculously good pitches. Um, and the Diamondbacks were 20th in shift rate versus lefties. So again, a, a guy that did not rely on it a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, got a, had, a, had a lot of grounders going to the shift last year against lefties, but... I'm I'm not worried. His stuff is so good. So now what? Right? That's like the that's what what do I do with all what this? What does this mean? <laughs> oh, like the what I'm what I'm doing with this is I'm going, you know, these certain pitchers are pitchers that I'm gonna downgrade this year. If you know, if if um I don't know, like if Christian Javier is going as like the like a the fifteenth, twentieth pitcher, I'm probably gonna have him ten spots back. 
I'm not going to mm-hmm. draft him in that range where he's going. Um, like a Logan Webb, I think a lot of people probably have him as like a top 15 pitcher. I think he's outside of my top 25 this year. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's kind of where I'm at. Um, you know, this isn't like this stuff isn't like the be all end all. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I looked at 20 pitchers, the top 20 for each of these categories, right? If you do the same search that I did on Statcast, you can find more. Uh, and you're going to find a ton of other names. Um, but I'm looking, I'm basically looking at this as like, these are the pitchers that use the shift a bunch. Uh, and now they're not going to have the shift. So they're probably not going to do as good. I love the Christian Javier part because everybody is all about Christian Javier right now. Um, so it, it, I, I won't be having any shares probably. I, he's he's going to be too rich for my blood. Uh, yeah. And then maybe, maybe six months from now, we can take a look back at this and say, get a couple laughs. Cause we, we were, you know, you were, you were against Christian Javier and I, I followed your lead. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, that's one of those things where like, if I miss on Christian Javier this year and he does great, like I'll own up to it. I, you know, at, at the end of every season, we do like a good call, bad call <laughs> episode. Yeah. And like, I'll happily put him on my bad call episode if if he <laughs> does like crazy, crazy good this year. I just don't think he will. Yeah. So like what we this is kind of what we said at the at the end of the the um the the lefty batter episode. But like, you know, lefty batters are potentially going to be better without the shift. You know, these are pitchers who are, who we think are, are likely going to perform worse without the shift. They're not guaranteed to perform worse. Right. So a little disclaimer, um, but like, you know, we're looking at a ton of stuff. We're looking at pitch quality. We're looking at shift, shift rates, like all kinds of stuff. Um, So my, my, idea is just like bump these guys down and read yeah. the article read the articles because there's going to be a, a bunch of more info in there yeah there's so much more gold in those in those words in the word count um and yeah this whole thing everything about this is about you know when it comes to draft day and you got to split hairs well this is this is one of the hammers you use to split the hair you know 